welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I'm not your life coach, just a girl who never gives up. What is up, you guys? I'm so excited to be back with an interview for you after the Labor Day weekend. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. It's going to make you think a lot about your own relationship. We have Miss Katie Grimes in the Cambridge studios. Just kidding. Um, This was recorded at my apartment, though. And I'm so excited because we talk a lot about relationships. And Katie Grimes is a happiness strategist. She is what I would almost see as a love coach in a lot of ways. She works with people on their relationships with themselves and their partners, and also with finding a partner. So I'm excited to dig into that today. And I have to note that we do really truly focus a lot on being single and dating more so than relationships that are further along. And we do hope to do part two, which would be focus more on her work with couples that have longer term relationships. I obviously loved dating as much as I hated it. I thought it was a really fun time. And during the time when I was dating, and putting myself out there, it actually made me feel even more comfortable to put myself out there to make new friends. So in case you missed Sunday's episode, episode 85 about loneliness and making friends, check that one out because I do think that it in some way, shape and form kind of flows into this episode today about how to find your own, how to find yourself and how to really find happiness. And for me, Happiness comes from very connected relationships with friends, loved ones, and my partner. So I hope you love this episode. We do cuss a little bit and we talk a lot about dating. And I hope that if you're single, this gives you some hope. And if you're in a relationship, this is also enlightening because we do get a little bit into the relationship side of things. So shout out to Katie, who is owner of the Heart Vials. You can find her in all of the links on um, in the show notes, you guys. And um, let's give Katie Grimes a very warm welcome. All right, guys. So I'm super pumped. This is my second ever interview in my apartment. I'm here with Katie Grimes. Katie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm glad we could do this on short notice. We are um, acquainted through Sarah Gaines. Yeah. Shout out to Sarah. Thank you for hooking us up. Gotta love the like mutual connections, you know, and people are like, Hey, you should meet so and so. I know. Sarah is the best at that. How did how did you guys meet? Um, same. So someone made an intro and said you should get in touch with Sarah. Um, I feel like everyone needs to know Sarah Gaines. <laughs> you guys should go back and listen to that episode. I'll tag it in the comments. <laughs> she is the best. Um, so we're gonna talk today all about love. Yeah. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about your story with creating your own life as most people. Um, and in true podcast fashion, we're going to start with a quote. And today the quote is not firm, but it's something I read last night in the book called The Soul of Money by Lynn Twist. And she basically says that every human under all their fears, all their desires, everything is at their core, the desire to love and to be loved, like everybody universally. And so I'd love to know how that speaks to you because it's, to me, it's interesting to put a title of saying, oh, it's all for love when I don't think most people would. Oh, that's so well said. And I think that's a really good summary too. I've been focusing in a lot lately about money. So I thought it was interesting that the book was The Soul of Money. I too believe that 
we're put on this earth to love and to be loved. I, I had a death in the family. I've actually had quite a few in the last 18 months. And a girlfriend of mine, when I was going through the tough stuff, said to me, there is no greater gift in life than to be loved and to have been loved. And I was like, oh. it brought tears to my eyes because yeah. I really do believe that. And I think when sometimes we're mourning the loss of someone, we fear that all of these terrible things, like they're going to miss, you know, me getting married. They're going to miss this. They're going to miss that. But the reality is, is like, we have this beautiful journey to have mm-hmm. loved them. And yeah. like you were saying before we started the podcast, everybody loves love. Yeah, everyone loves love. <laughs> and that's why I'm so glad we get to do this. And we're going to get to talk about um, your business. Is it The Heart Files? It is. Yeah. I love that. I think it's so fun. It's like a fun, sexy name for what you do, which I'm excited to learn more about. Um, but the second question that we're going to do, I just obviously spoiled it a little bit. But if you're sitting on a plane and someone asks you, what do you do? How do you answer? Yeah, so I usually tell them that I'm a happiness strategist. And Ooh, I, I love that. Yeah. Um, I coined the name. I actually got the strategist portion from Tony Robbins because most people associate him as being this like life coach and I think life coach often will have a negative connotation Mm -hmm. Um, but I found for him like as I was following him and other people who do what he does it really is all about strategy Mm -hmm. and how it breeds into every aspect of your life and I thought Mm -hmm. to myself what's the journey that I've been on the journey has been to be happy in any way shape or form Mm -hmm. and knowing that every day is totally different I'm not happy every day that's a question I get asked a lot and so yeah, and the heart files came from I was listen I was following a girl on Instagram called the Blonde Files. Okay. And she was all about promoting health and nutrition and wellness. And I thought, what a sexy name. It kind of made me think of Madonna, Blonde Ambition. Yeah. And I was just thinking to myself, well, if it's all about being happy, the key to being happy for me is following my heart. Mm. And so I merged the heart files. Um, excuse me, the blonde files with following your heart and mm-hmm. created the heart files. I love that. And I love that you said strategy. I love the strategist component of like describing what you do because to me, it speaks to implementation and action. Mm. And like my whole mantra is dare to move because you can't figure out anything, whether it's if this is going to make me happy or that's going to make me happy or I'm going to you know, thrive at X, Y, Z until you actually take a step to do it. Mm. And I actually know somebody who worked with a member of Tony Robbins team and by that he was doing my fat loss program at the time. And by the end of it, it was like, he had taken all these steps to like literally buy a franchise. Like Mm. the actions happen and it, it really truly does take a strategy of things you're going to do to like make that change. So, um, I kind of just want to dive into a little bit more since we're already talking about the heart files. Mm. Um, for people listening that are like okay so heart happiness strategy where does love come into play like are people coming to you asking about how do I manifest like my dream guy or is it more like I'm not happy in my relationship and I want help I see the I see the gamut so I see I'm either in a marriage and things are going okay but I'm feeling unfulfilled in some aspect of my life to those girlfriends that are like I definitely want to be married. I definitely want to have kids. I'm on a path and I'm just not finding the right one. So Mm. I think love comes into play in everything we do because Mm. love feels good. And so, you know, you asked me the question earlier if like I was sitting on the plane with someone, what would I say I do? I I tell them I'm I'm a happiness strategist and I work through decreasing our fears so that we can increase our happiness. And it usually plays a big part into who's in our our, Mm. our relationships, who's in our life. And so it really generally will focus in on love. Um, And so I will run the gamut of, hey, let's get you prepared for going on a date. 
to maybe you're the kind of person that right now you need to take some time off of dating mm, because I know for myself hear. I took a year and a half off of not dating my th- friends thought I was crazy mm. but I really was choosing the wrong men and it's not because they were wrong like there wasn't characteristics about them that weren't were great mm. they were all actually really amazing yeah it was that I felt so unfulfilled despite whether they were tall, short, mm. um, muscular or not. Like, yeah. It just didn't matter. Yeah. And so I found that if I could take that time to really tap into um, that idea of despite being in love, mm-hmm. could I still be happy with myself? It really helped me to tap into it. And I've been able to use that experience with every person that I coach and yeah. every workshop that I've done where we're able to tap into whether you're married mm-hmm. or whether you're not it's really important to take care of ourselves and be selfish in a way. Yeah. So, gosh, I have so many questions. I'm so excited. A couple things I just want to, like, jot down so that I can, like, come back to these. Um, Chelsea Handler recently did a podcast where her best friend went through all of her exes. And it was so comical. And it was so interesting because they also made it into something a little bit deeper. Like, why didn't that work? Like, where were you in your life and why it didn't? So it got me reflecting about myself. And the listeners know I'm from the Midwest. It's like all about getting married. You're 22. It's like, oh my God, there's no ring on my finger. What am I going to do when I graduate college? Not that like you need a man to support you, but like most people were coupled up. Miami of Ohio actually has the highest percentage of people who get married to each other from the same school that they call it Miami merging. Uh, you can be a Miami merger. Like my parents are Miami mergers. So like this, not the stigma, but like the sense, like love is in the air there. Mm -hmm. All right. So knowing that, knowing that that was in my heart when I was dating, people told me that they said, take time off, take time off. And what started as like, I need to find a partner for me became a hobby. Like Mm, I once invited four guys to the same party that I was dating. It was (laughs) awesome. It was hilarious. It was fun. But, um, what I thought to myself was I'm looking for a partner when in reality, I was just ended up having fun and I wasn't ready. So what do you tell people in like to know if they're ready or if they're not? Because I do believe you can date and have fun if you're not ready, but like it might not be the healthiest thing because I went, it's like hindsight's 2020. Yeah. I think you touched on it right at the beginning, which is the energy around it, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, when I'm in a place where I'm really calm and I am not, I use the word obsess a lot because I think fantasy and how we repeat our thoughts over and over and over again mm. can be that kind of negative energy where we're like, that's kind of all we're looking for and that's all we really want. It's all we're talking about. Yeah. I totally used to do it all the time. My girlfriends were like, could you please stop talking about Julian Edelman? Like, you yeah. literally <laughs> are obsessed. You don't even know him. Like, yeah. cut it out. Um, and so I've just been able to look at the energy. So a couple things. Is your voice elevated? Are you talking really fast? Or is it all you can think about, all you can talk about? Mm. Is it all that you're doing? Like you said, what's your energy around it? Yeah. How are you dressing? Yeah. Are, are the boobs out and the hair's always done and the makeup always done? Because I've been there. Yeah. And then there's the other part of it, which is like, it's calm and it's peaceful and it's like kind of whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Like my aunt called me the other day and she's like, so what's the deal? Are you and your boyfriend having kids? And I'm like, I just, and I was like so calm when she asked me. I yeah. was like. I just feel There's like no whatever pressure. Will, be, will be, and yeah. I'm okay with it. Now, had you asked me that maybe five or six years ago, mm-hmm. I probably would have been in that really chaotic energy that I just described. So that's the <sighs> advice that I always give people is, 
how often are you talking about it? What's the energy like? Mm-hmm. What's your voice? And if you don't know, mm-hmm. ask someone that you really trust yeah. because chances are that they can pick up on it. They can it. sense it. And really quickly, I also have always said that I want to write a book. And one of the books that I want to write is something along the lines of like the lessons from my, my boyfriends mm. because I have learned something beautiful from every totally. single one of them. Yeah. And whether that whether it was that we were the kind of relationship that maybe we were fighting or maybe we couldn't get enough of each other, there's something to be learned in all of that. And I really truly don't believe in soulmates. I believe okay. that meaning soulmate is usually got the equation of like there's only one person for totally, you. Yeah. I have connected with so many different energies that it's a really beautiful thing when Mm -hmm. it happens. And often my biggest lesson was from the guy that I think was a mirror reflection of me. Like Mm. all the things that were going on with me that I didn't like about myself, he had. And so we had really high highs and we had really low lows. Mm. But I think he was brought into my life so that I could really look at my own behavior and say, you know what? I've got to make a pretty great change here. And that was about 10 years ago. Wow. And then every relationship after that, I could really show up more authentically and more genuinely. Yeah. And now I feel like I'm in a relationship where it's calm and it's peaceful mm-hmm. and I don't mind if we call a couple times a day or we don't talk in a few days. Yeah. It's like really independent and it's, oh, it's really beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. I like, I think that one thing you're highlighting is the importance, in my opinion, of dating because Mm. had you not dated someone who highlighted and brought that self-awareness to you of like some of the things that you could improve on or things you didn't like about yourself that you really wanted to change like you wouldn't have been aware of it Mm. and that's also something like that happened to me in several relationships that I had just spending time with someone and really getting to that vulnerable level is so huge and the creepy but like positive thing for me is that my fiance now out of the four people that I would say in my life I dated seriously, mm-hmm. he has qualities of all four of them. Yeah. So to a T that sometimes I'm just like, oh my God, am I like it's it's almost creepy because he it's like if I were to just say write the highs of each of the four, it's like that's that's Jeff. I mean, and then his own personality, but like their positive qualities he has. And like you learn what you want um in that experience. So if you go back to the energy comment that you made about What's your energy around dating? Mm. I had a very chaotic energy. When I started to date so much, I got stressed. Like, why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? I brought it up to everyone. And you're right. The people in my life were like, hey, chill. Mm. You are too stressed out about this. This should not be stressful. And it wasn't until I surrendered that I was like, I remember one day I was sitting on the couch. I have a baby brother. He was born. We're all around the, the couch. And I just was like, you know what? I've got everyone that I need in my universe of like my close family here. And this is so magical. Like, if nothing, if I never meet anyone, that's, like, I'm so lucky for this moment right now. Week later, I met my fiance. Yeah. So how do you talk to people about that phase when they don't want to feel like they're giving up? Because we talk about the never give up attitude on the podcast, but they also, like, they don't want to force it. Yeah, so I hear a lot of guys and women talk about this, that particularly those who are single. So let's let's refer to those that are single and dating. Okay, perfect. is that uh, they're annoyed with the app. They feel like they're not getting the face-to-face connection and they're not meeting the right kind of people. Mm. Or um, I had a guy friend of mine just feel like, I'm so annoyed, like I'm just over dating on the app. So a couple of things that I found that were really helpful when I was dating on the app, and for me, 
I think when I started dating on apps, it was more common than it was back in the day. So I think people, you know, I feel, still felt a little bit of hesitation because I was like, I, I just want it to happen naturally. I don't want to be desperate. Yeah. I don't want to call it in. But I was acting desperately because I was like, like I said, the way I was dressing, Same. how I was talking, yeah. whatever. And then it wasn't until I started going on those dates and I looked at how much time I was actually taking. So between how much time I'm on the app, how mm-hmm. many people I'm messaging, the ratio if you if you match 10 people, chances are you're only going to be talking to two. Mm-hmm. Are you the kind of person that you're going back and forth on text for a while? That can be really annoying, especially if you're not a texter. Mm-hmm. So for me, can I swear on here? Yeah. I totally cut through the bullshit. Mm-hmm. I was like, I put on my profile who I was. And guys, if you're listening, please put who you are and put yeah. a really great photo of yourself that's not shirtless because... It's like, I want to know what's yeah. underneath, like once I actually get to know you. And I think yeah. guys are opposite in that way. Mm-hmm. But um, I found for me that I needed to state what my two do's were and my two don'ts were. So I put, I don't want a guy who does drugs and I don't want to date a dad. So it completely like ruled all those things out. Mm-hmm. By the way, my boyfriend does not do drugs, but he is a father. <laughs> and that's what my perception yeah. has changed. But yeah, that's funny how things said. like that <laughs> That being said, I definitely just wanted to narrow the focus. And then I think the other thing I did too to kind of cut out the bullshit is I asked them if they would be open to having a quick phone call. And I literally meant that, like five, ten minutes. Let's hop on the phone. Let's see if we gel. Now, it's not really common for people to pick up the phone anymore. And so for me, I'm like, I don't want to date a guy where we we see each other on a Friday. He texts me, how are you? How is your day? And then I don't talk to him until the weekend again. Like, that's not what I want. Yeah. And so I think for the women listening and the guys, it's like, I guess identify, like, what do you, what kind of behavior do you want to do for dating? Are you not a texter? State that. Like, yeah. I actually find that when people can just be honest about what they want, and I've got a girlfriend, she will not pick up the phone to save her life. <laughs> but yet she'll go on a three-hour date, meaning she meets him for an hour, it takes her an hour to get ready, and then the tra- travel time. Yeah. It's a lot of time. That is a lot of time. It's a lot of time. So yeah. I just find with my clients when we're talking about dating, I ask them to be very honest with what they need mm. originally and then be able to communicate that in a really unique yeah. and organic way on the date. And it doesn't have to be the first date. It okay. can be like over time to be like, hey, so you know what? I know we've been texting a bunch, yeah. but it actually doesn't really work for me to be on the phone as often because yeah. I have this job that doesn't allow me to do it. And Got it. Or whatever. That's like, that's very good advice. And I think I'm speaking for my former self and any of the women listening that are what they would call like super single right now mm-hmm. and I've dated the um bad term that like the, the people call them like f boys or playboys or people that ghost people so when you get to that like first I have to say that those terms exist for guys I was ghosted by several guys I was asked out by guys who had girlfriends like I went through the gamut of that and it Same. sucked but I do have to say that women are just as bad in a lot of ways like oh. I have a few friends who <laughs> will you know refer to their the guy as like this guy's the booty call or you know this guy I'm like not really interested like so it's like I really do believe everyone's guilty totally totally and, guilty and by so, the way I'm raising my hand for those of you on the podcast because I used to do this stuff all the time yeah you get what you give and I feel like it yes. I heard I heard these women. They were sitting next to me, foul of mouth, calling him an f boy and this yeah. that, and the other thing. And I'm thinking to myself, 
that's that's where I used to be years ago. Yeah. And by the way, one of my girlfriends said to me recently, she's like, it's no wonder why you're a strategist, girl, because you've tried every strategy in the book <laughs> to I try to figure I out. I feel you, because like, I feel like I did some of those too. Yeah. And it wasn't until I took that time off to yeah. really look at my behavior, and I, I think yeah. it was, it was a couple of years where I really just sat down and was like, I'm not going to date, I'm not going to have sex, mm. I'm not going to flirt, like nothing, I'm going to put it all down. And that was eye-opening, because for the girls that are super single in the mm. house, I was scared shitless. I was like, I I want this person. I yeah. want to spend my life with yeah. someone. And I love what you said about like, you could be surrounded by family, right? And yeah. have this moment of just like, I'd be completely happy. Totally. But my mind would go to the, I'm completely happy. And then like, I'd leave my family's house and be like, I'm so right, alone. So who am I calling? Yeah, like, yeah. Who am I, I'm alone. Oh, that was like always the worst feeling is like, you are surrounded by love. You see your parents' love or your brother's love with his girlfriend or whomever. And then you go do the drive home and you're like, oh, I just want to hold my, hold my partner's hand sitting next to me. Yeah. And I think uh, you talked about this a bit too about faith. Like, I really think, and by the way, regardless of what you believe yeah. in, it doesn't have to be God. It doesn't yeah. have to be something. anything. It's just like, to have my mantra this year mm-hmm. has been, have faith no matter what. Mm. It's really hard to practice, <laughs> yeah. especially when there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. And I don't say this from a place of like, I have a boyfriend now, so therefore yeah. I know everything. No, I don't. Like, yeah. we're still working it out and figuring oh, it out. Yeah. But I definitely have gotten to a place where I just say to myself, you know what, like, this is my person today. It's working out really well. Mm -hmm. And when it's not, we have that talk to say, you know, this is what I need or what do you Mm -hmm. need? And so I think one of the questions that he asked me when we first started dating is, could you take a look at kind of what you think you need from this relationship? Wow, that's amazing. And, and, And I'd like to share what mine are. And we can share if we can meet each other in the middle. Mm. Now, mind you, it took a couple weeks. Totally. Right? It should, it's going it to always be evolving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was a really mature question to ask because yeah. it helped me to put things into perspective mm-hmm. so that when we were dating, I would stop bringing in that old negative, like, F-boy mentality mm. or yeah. um, calling and seeking validation. Like, mm-hmm. one thing I do is after we go on a date, I don't text him that night. And I just mm. don't because for me... Like, I'm good. I think I'm good. I just... I already got my cup full. Yeah. Like, that's also a really good perspective. Um, and I want to segue in a second to, like, the relationship part of your work. Mm. Um, I have a couple other questions. Um, but when it comes to people who feel like throwing in the towel... And I feel like sometimes it's like, you know what you need. So it's like, if you even hint at it, you're probably right. You probably do need that. Like, do you encourage that time off of dating? Do you say to people to set a time limit? Do you tell, like, I'm going to take six months off or I'm going to get off the app or I'm going to, like, what strategies do you give people who are, quote unquote, at their wits end with it? Yeah. Specifically just for dating or those that are in relationships? For dating. Okay. So what I've generally done is... Ask them to really look, we kind of take an inventory. Like what, what are the things that are kind of causing them to feel like life is a bit unmanageable Mm. and that it just kind of feels a bit negative. And so we sort of assess from there Mm -hmm. as to, all right, you know what, for a while it'd be really comfortable for you not to talk to these people. Mm -hmm. And even though you might not have even be fantasizing about this person or think he's hot, if you think that there's a little bit of energy around it, why don't we just kind of steer clear from these people just for like the next month and yeah. kind of see what comes up. Yeah. And then the other thing I always recommend is a year. Um, it seems crazy to people. Yeah. 
And then what's beautiful is around month three or four, there is such a freedom yes. that happens. That's happened to like my two really good friends that yeah. ended up in great relationships. Is it was like, yeah. But I've month. worked with some of my clients where after six months, they are so in tune with what they need and they're taking the guidance. Yeah. By the way, I like, I guide from a place of intuition, meaning asking them questions to give me the answers. Mm. And then we, we kind of, here's what I'm yeah. hearing, that sort of thing. I've had clients who have been able to date within six months, and then there's been others, myself included, that were over a year and yeah. a half because yeah. I just wasn't, I just yeah. wasn't grasping it, and I was trying to like hold on for dear life and force this, force situations, and I yeah. was just like, and there was a like deaths and things like that that happened, and Those I, was time. A vi- I shared with you before I was a victim of a crime during that time of not dating, so during that time too that set me back a little bit because yeah. I was just like yeah I'm not in a place to date right now yeah but the self-awareness there is huge, oh, huge to be able to know that and so my I mean my quick like single dumb phase was a little over a year and a half in the first like six months I was like I'm I'm looking for somebody mm-hmm. and then even though I was like oh I'm just newly single I'm not but like in my head I was like oh, I'm looking for someone totally. but it was like the full year of 2016 for me when I was dating like the world that it really was just more like fun and freeing. And I had a moment where I was like, I can't imagine who in this world could actually fit into my life. Because even though I was complaining about being single and I really deep down wanted someone, I also was aware that like I got up at 3.30 in the morning every day to teach 5 a.m. workouts and worked on the weekends. I'm like, technically speaking, like I really don't have time for anybody. You make a great point. And for the for the people out there that are dating, like are you making time? Because I have a couple of girlfriends that- they really want to date and they really want to find mm-hmm. someone that they can travel with and connect with, but they aren't making the time. Mm. And What's I, an investment that you just don't know what the return on is, which is stressful? Well, I think it goes back to that idea of being like, oh, I'm kind of annoyed with the dating apps and I'm not meeting other people. But I think for me, it's a bigger question. Mm. What else is going on with you that you yes. don't want to let someone in? Because I think a lot of us too, I think you talked earlier about that quote of loving and, and having mm. been loved. like there's a big fear of intimacy. It's something that mm-hmm. I work on with, within myself. It's with, with clients and in workshops. Like mm-hmm. the fear of, if you see me as I really am, mm-hmm. will you leave me? Yeah. And like when you ask that question of yourself, like, and you're like, oh, I'm not dating right now or I haven't met the right mm-hmm. guy or don't have time, like, is there something going on bigger? And is there stuff that needs to be healed? Because chances are, yeah. probably, probably so. Maybe it's an yeah. old breakup, maybe it's yeah. a death, whatever. That's a really good point. And um, before we go on to the relationship thing, I do. So, my relationship was more or less love at first sight. Like, our first date was 17 hours. And by the end of it, he was like, Yeah, like, are we good? Like, he's like, I got some loose ends to tie up, but like, we're good, right? And I was like, Yeah. And then we saw each other like 12 hours later. But um, I didn't like look at him and be like, Oh my God, this guy's the one because he was wearing two hats and like, I was like, I was like, Really? Like, I can't even see your face. He was so proud of his hat. He was so proud. But I knew like there was something about his energy where I could be going, speaking to the vulnerability and being ready to show your whole self. Like, I was so ready to show like everything, scars and all to him. And I, I think my secret weapon to be able to do that was I was writing a book that was the most cathartic thing I've ever done I was literally healing all the trauma by writing it all out so I was kind of I had done the work without realizing I had done the work um so my question for you before we move on to relationship um work that you do is um do you believe in love at first sight 
So I do. Oh, I love that. And it kind of goes back to the question that you asked earlier around connection and energy. Mm -hmm. Like, I've seen a lot of people that are incredibly attractive. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's different. I feel this energy that, you know, I've had to really work on Mm -hmm. not turning it into love. Because I can. I can do that in my mind. I think a lot of women can too because we're hopeful. Especially if you go into dating hopeful. Yeah. You see the hot guy with the good puppy and you're like, maybe that's my guy. Yeah. I mean, I've done it all the time. Uh, me too. Um, but funny story. So the guy that I'm dating now, I actually met back in 2003. And I'll keep a very long story short. Went on a few dates. Nothing ever really happened. I traveled. Came back the following year. Repeat the same pattern. I finally come back and he's in a relationship. And mm. so we weren't able to continue forward. But I had always thought about him throughout the years, but mm. I didn't really chalk it up to love at first sight at the time because I sort of had this old patterning where I definitely would see someone or keep in touch with people that were like, I really shouldn't have. Yeah. And I think it was because I always had this fantasy of like what could have been or what oh, would have been. Oh, I think we all get that. Uh, yeah. And so I kind of, it got to a point where I put that boundary up. He put that boundary up where we weren't going to keep in touch. And Mm -hmm. then his father passed away. My girlfriends love to joke with me about this. But his girlfriend, his his, uh, father passed away in September, October of last year. Mm -hmm. And it ended up going to the funeral. And we reconnected then. Oh, wow. And I knew his dad really well. So it was not unusual for me to show up. And I ended up asking him to coffee, but it wasn't. A date. Now he thought it was a date. Oh, I've done that before. (laughs) He loves to jab me. But um, it's kind of one of those things where he said to me, like, if you don't believe in fate or you don't believe in – if you don't have faith, like, then what is this? Because, Mm. like, we've had so many times where our paths have crossed. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, we're in a beautiful and loving relationship now where I'm communicating with someone in a way that I haven't been able to do before. But that's because I've done the work. Yeah, you were ready this time. And somebody said to me, because I said to her, I'm so lucky that I found him. And she goes, honey, you're not lucky. You've done the work. And so yeah. he's meeting you where you're at. And I was like, oh, that's I beautiful. I so believe that for so many different reasons. But especially even just myself. I'm like, there were so many times I wasn't yeah. really ready. So um, thank you for sharing that. Because I think it is hopeful for people. Because we've both experienced it in some way, shape, or form. Do you believe in love first sight? I think, yes. I think there's been several times in my life, not love at first sight, but an immediate attraction Lust for, first for friends and guys. Like, yeah. with guys, absolutely. Like, I've been like, that guy, like, I want to know him or whatever. But with friends, actually, with women, too, like, three of the people in my life that have been, like, close, close friends are people that, like, as far back as third grade, like, I was in a lineup, like, at ski school, and there's this girl in, like, a purple whatever, and I was like... I'm going to be her friend. Like, it yeah. was strange. It was I've this weird that. sense of, like, we're going to be friends. And then to this day, like, I actually interviewed her sister, who's a movie producer for this podcast, Brooks Yang. Um, so, anyway, it's like, it, I definitely believe in that. I believe in, like, your gut feeling mm-hmm. about someone's energy and if you'll mesh well. Like, my best friend from t- to this day is someone I met at college, Shirley and Trouts. And, like, I was like, I'm going to be friends with that girl. And it's then, funny you say that about going back as far as, like, being children because yeah. children have a really good sense of intuition you ever seen a child who knows that a, an adult that's coming over may not be a real right like they kind of yeah. back off and they, yeah. they don't want it they don't want to hug or any yeah. of that but then they'll be really receiving to someone who is really loving and gentle yes. 
and yes. I have tap. I've sort of as we grow older, mm-hmm. we become a little bit more scarred because of heartbreak. And that things is exactly like that. what the spiritual life coach told me. Oh, too. really? She's yeah. like, kids actually have like a little bit of a psychic ability oh, yeah. that the world just pushes, you know, quashes. Totally. Because people tell them it's weird, but yeah. My friends try to quash mine all the time. They're like squash mine all the time. Yeah. They're like, no, that's that was not the light flickering. And I'm yeah. like, well, <laughs> somebody's here. Um, but I do believe that as it relates to yeah. friendships too, yeah. because there is that there's that instant connection where you know and I think friends come in for a season and and sometimes they come in for a lot longer like I've had one of my best girlfriends our parents were best friends and so we've been friends for 36 years and then there's our others that you want to hang on to so tightly but it's time to let them go and yeah it's its own grieving process you know I appreciate that um and I want to segue into coaching couples but Mm. before we do that I want to talk to you about like you with like your business hat on, you know, when you start this this business, how did you think about getting clients? Because I know a lot of people listening to this are entrepreneurs in some way, shape or form, whether they're coaches or they are starting a business and they might want to know like, how do you, you have this idea, you know that you want to help people and you know you can help people. Oh, such a great question. So how did you go about that and like what experiences from your past like enabled you to do it like fearlessly so it's a great question I think when I I, so I think one of the things that comes to mind is a certainty and belief in yourself like Mm. and for me I've really struggled with that sometimes sometimes I'm on it and and I get this compliment like you're so confident and I'm in my head going oh my god what are you saying (laughs) and it it was about four I had got so caveat I had gotten let go from my job in commercial real estate Mm -hmm. Um, and so for the business owners out there when you're side hustling and doing your thing you've got to make sure the lines are clear and and I didn't realize that the lines were blurred and so they kind of tapped me on the wrist and said hey Katie like you blurred this line and we've got to, you know, we got to let you go. And meaning like hours spent on it were too much a MailChimp a MailChimp went out I, I scheduled a MailChimp to go out during the day and it just so happened to hit a couple of clients' emails and the the list that I was using was my own individual of people who I'm friends with in the industry. I created a, I created a business that was al- alongside the industry. So shout out to my Boston folks, uh, The Wire, Wellness for Women in Real Estate. So the list was being I used the list because I was the, like, oh, this is my list. Network. These are my friends. Yeah, this is my yeah. network. And I didn't realize... Yeah. I mean, it was just like absent-minded. I just didn't no, realize. But, but see, that's the thing where I would almost say, like, I, w- I mean, I probably have done the same thing because my list that's my nutrition that's started as a nutrition business fused into, hey, now I'm podcasting, but I'm still talking about wellness, so I'm going to tell you guys about it. And I have people from real estate that are also on that. Exactly. And I'm not the kind of person where I go, oh, I met you in commercial way, real estate let me life. Keep up. Yeah, yeah I don't all, keep separate. Yeah. Like, mm, I yeah. think that's one of the beautiful things about the commercial real estate industry is your world is enmeshed and people become friends and they become like family. And well, and you have to be, your network is how you can even survive and thrive in that business. Exactly. I think the, it sounds like you were in like a, what well, you don't have to say the name of the company, but was it like a big company? Yeah, it was a big company, well-known in Boston. And, you know, we were in a commercial real estate space. So we were playing with a lot of, you know, brokers, architect and design firms, yeah. things like that. And so, you know, I think it's just a, a quick little note. It's something that I've come to really accept that happened. And I owned it. Like as soon yeah. as it, as soon as he told me, I go, mm-hmm. you're, you're right. I did that. I totally did not realize that I was yeah. blurring the lines. That was a huge learning moment for me. 
But I think within the next 72 hours, what was really life-changing was I sat next to a woman, we were getting our nails done, and we had the same color on. And I I wasn't in a space, I didn't really feel like talking, I'm a Mm -hmm. big networker, but at this point I was just feeling sad and kind of down. And I had just come up with this idea like, screw it, I'm not going back to corporate life, I'm going to start my own business, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a happiness strategist. And so she looks at me and she says, so what do you do? I tell her what I do. I'm a happiness strategist. I decrease fears and increase happiness. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm actually working through my own stuff now. Mm-hmm. And she goes, great, come talk. Let Come give a talk. Oh, and that's awesome. I went to Wellesley College and gave a talk. And it was like really powerful. And so I think what I'm learning is that not only do you, can you use all your network, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I have is I've, I've reached out to other people to say, I'm starting something new. Here's what mm-hmm. I'm doing. As it relates to coaching, I'm actually having a difficult time with that because what will happen is I'll give a workshop and people love it and they feel energized and like you just see the change in them. You're like, oh man. It's hitting them. And then I'm like, hey, I'm available for coaching, like hit me up. Mm -hmm. And there have some people that have really gravitated towards Mm -hmm. it and then there have been other people who have sourced me out on LinkedIn and saw my social media and what I'm doing and that's been a way that they Mm -hmm. wanted me to coach them. And then there have been others who are like, ooh, I don't know if I can afford that. But when you break it down to an hourly rate, it's not that much. It's actually yeah. less than going to see a psychiatrist. I was going to say, yeah. like, some people will spend heaps of money on a therapist or psychiatrist, and it's like, I actually have thought over the, you know, years, just because life is stressful, like, oh, I should, I should talk to someone, I should get a therapist. But every time I think about it, in my head, I'm like, no, I'd rather have a coach because I want someone to tell me what to do, not just listen to me talk. Yeah, and I think that might actually be a common misconception too with coaches, even from, well, I should say from speaking from my own experience, mm-hmm. which is that I don't necessarily tell people what to do. I think one of the things that we do is we talk, I don't structure it in a way in which you only have an hour, and mm-hmm. so you're to talk about yourself for the entire hour. Yeah. Like, that to me was what was really difficult about going to therapy. And by the way, I felt like there was a stigma. I oh, didn't yeah. want to go to therapy and I didn't feel like I needed to go to therapy, yep. but I kind of needed to go to therapy. Yeah. And so I just felt like that doesn't work. That model doesn't work yeah. for me. And so I found that when I had coaches who could be there when I needed them, mm-hmm. whether it was preparing to go to a family outing and maybe a family member and I weren't really getting along, or I was preparing something as it related to work. I knew that within that week, I had about an hour with her, mm-hmm. so how was I going to use it? And that's the way in which I structure it. And then the other thing that you mentioned about like having someone tell me what to do, I just was working with a woman who wants to open up her own business, and she also wants to date. And so it was really interesting. Is yeah. she was, I was like, what if we put the dating aside for a moment, mm-hmm. and we focus in on the things that you really want to do to move towards your business? Yeah. And so I said, what are two things that you would want to do as it relates to that? Yeah. And so she listed out the, the two things. And then I'm like, how cool would it be? Do you want to talk in like two weeks and we'll follow up on those two things? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. great. So you see in that way, she figured out what she wanted to do. I just gave her the suggestion yeah. of holding off on dating for a moment. But we had to, it wasn't that easy, by the way, on the call. It was yeah. a 30-minute call, 15-minute. And she really wanted to talk about dating for about 20 of it. Yeah. So once we were able to kind of put that rest aside of like, it's, it's going to be okay. He's going to come in. Yeah could we at least focus on something that would be more fulfilling? Yeah. Because that was the other thing. She, you know, she, I loved what she said. She was like, I'm bored. Mm. I'm bored and I want to date and, I, and that feels really fulfilling because when I flirt, I feel good. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all do. Right? <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh, that's fun. But um, so I think one thing that comes to mind is, like for me as a fat loss coach, it's kind of 
almost like a concrete thing you can grasp. It's like, today I'm 20 pounds over the weight I want to be, and in the future I want to weigh 20 pounds less. Can you help me? Sure. And even that, when I first started doing it, I felt weird even introducing myself as a quote-unquote fat loss coach because mm-hmm. I didn't want people to think I worked with like, uh, fat just has a bad connotation in our thanks to our culture, it's just like people don't, it's not a nice welcomed term. But a lot of the people that I work with are highly motivated. They're, they go to the gym, they just wanna change something small. And even in the experience I've had as a coach one-on-one, it's very personal and it's very vulnerable. And even that, which is can seemingly be concrete, hey, I wanna lose five pounds, can you help me? Sure. It's like, why do they want to eat? Why is it hard for them to eat around their family? There's so many things that go into it. So many other things. So I can imagine it's hard to coach relationship because someone has to be willing to like either A, let it all out with what's going on with their fiance, their husband, or just dating, Mm -hmm. or they're very single and they have to talk to you about their issues of why dating's hard for them. And so it definitely is like there, I would assume there's more steps in getting that client to really invite you in and commit because they don't know what they don't know. And it's not like, I mean, there's a million people helping with weight loss in this world. So, there's not a million happiness strategists. Yeah, I think that's really well said because one of my coaches said to me, she's like, I think you need to narrow your focus. And I said to her, well, I feel like when I'm explaining what I do, it, it breeds in all aspects of your life. And, totally. and I totally believe that trust is earned over time, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. one of the things for me was I really needed to know that you were the kind of person that would show up and say what you mean. Yeah. That's it. Those are the two things. And that... Whatever you say to, whatever I say to you and you say to me stays between us. Yeah. That is earned over time. That means that the person is calling me when they say they're going to call me. Absolutely. They, if they're not available, then they're reaching out and saying, hey, something came up. I'm really sorry. Can we reschedule? Like at least verbalizing that. Mm -hmm. It's something I try to practice every day and I don't do it well. I've had foggy brain, like talk about gut issues. I know you did a podcast on that. Like my gut issues are up. And as a result of that, I'm super foggy brained, but I do my best to really live by that principle. And so what I always recommend to people is Let's do, we'll do a, do a 90 day session together. But if at any time it's not working for you because we're not gelling for personalities, one, let's communicate about that. Yeah. And two, it's, it's okay to, it's okay to part ways. Yeah. But I find dating, dating is very similar to finding a coach in the sense that you need a couple of dates and a couple of sessions. Totally. To get to know someone so you yeah. can really assess, which is why, even though I really had a hard time doing this, I really encourage my people, my the people I coach, to refrain from having sex right away because it blurs the lines and it really doesn't give you a chance to really truly get to know yeah. someone because it's important to know are they going to say what they mean or, mm-hmm. or do what they say and I, I think that that's a big component but it is hard especially yeah. like for those that are dating it when you feel that instant attraction totally. it's hard to just like put all that aside but yeah. yeah that's what I try to do. I think that's really good advice, and especially for people listening who are coaches. It's like setting those boundaries right away are huge because then it's just, we were talking about this earlier too, just consistency and you earn trust by just continuing to show up mm. and telling people where, like my clients know they're going to get an hour with me if they want it every week. If they don't want it, that's fine. But if you want it, like we'll do it. And I think that that's huge because then you can develop that relationship. Um, but how do you see working with, um, people who are in relationships. I mean, I can imagine that that takes 
I mean, I guess maybe not more time, but you have to, there's, there's always a history. There's current things you have to get up to date with. There's future plans. Like there's a lot that goes into a relationship. And the reason I ask is because one of the things you said to me, um, when you got here today was a lot of times people think love is like, or a relationship is like the end all be all. Mm -hmm. And I, I'll use myself as an example. I am very, very happy in my relationship, but the former me would have been like, Oh, like the rest is history. You're good to go for life. Like you found your man, like great. But like I'm here and it's amazing and it's wonderful, but I've never, I've not arrived. Like Mm -hmm. there are so many things that I still want to do as me and he wants to do as him and we're going to do pursue together. It doesn't just like, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't end with when you get a partner. And I think a lot of, I think, I think men are better about this than women Mm -hmm. from my own experience and what I've seen is that guys really keep that balance of like their friends and their family and they, and work Mm -hmm. and women, we tend to mesh them all all together and say, screw it to our girlfriends and we never talk to them again. Mm -hmm. And that's happened to me quite a bit. I've also been that girl that's done that. Me too. And I think what I had to do, one, I had to surround myself with women particularly who did not do that so they really emulated for me what it looked like to be in a healthy relationship Mm. Um, and so I had one girlfriend in particular in commercial real estate where I'd always you know I'd either spend time with her by herself or her and her her boyfriend now husband and it was really beautiful to see the dynamic of like she is her own individual person but it's really nice to be let in on that aspect of of their life and that similar to what we said earlier it's just another chapter it's not the end all be all yeah that's a good way to put it and I think for me it's a totally different chapter two that requires its own work right and I get it right you're you're in the love bubble that's what Matt and I call it it's the Mm. love bubble like (laughs) we don't really want anybody else around we just want to spend time with each other but the reality is is like I have obligations I have to do Mm -hmm. and so does he and so and and there are times where I just want to be alone Mm -hmm. like I have beach time every week where I'm always where I'm always alone or and if I'm not I'm making sure that I'm calling a girlfriend and touching base with her you know, you asked the question too around like, what's, you know, how, what are the strategies that I use with people who I'm coaching who are married? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a big one that comes is life would be easier if we weren't together. That happens a lot. Those oh, are, that makes me so sad. It's sad. And so um, it's funny, One, you know, I've been able to say to them, what if we took the D word out of the equation? Like, how about we just don't even use the word? You mm-hmm. don't bring it up when we're, when you're talking to your partner um, and you won't say it to me. But we will talk about sort of all the feelings around that. Mm-hmm. It has been, I've been able to shift relationships that were, you know, kind of at odds and also considering divorce mm-hmm. and be able to shift them so that they're now in a loving and healthy partnership where they still argue, right? Yeah. They still have shit that needs to get yeah. done on the honeydew list, but like it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the end all, you know, it's their ending. Um, and then the other thing I've also done is it's a one-sided story, right? So when I have a client who I'm coaching and they're talking to me just about their own experience, um, there's a whole nother side of it. And so I was asked recently by a prospect, like, would you be able to sit down with both us individually and us together and then him separately? And I was like, oh, I hadn't thought about it from that perspective. Mm. And so I told her, I'm like, I'm open to doing whatever you think would be the healthiest for your relationship. But what I find to be the healthiest, and and I say this whether you're dating or married, is if you can keep the focus on yourself, all the other things that your partner ends up doing that annoys you or that really cuts you deep to your core, they will start to fade away. Wow. Because you'll either learn to accept them as they are or you'll say, 
I'm not able to accept this. And then I move on. And then and then I move on. But that doesn't mean I move on from the relationship. Yeah. It may mean I I choose to verbalize to you, it really drives me crazy mm-hmm. when you leave all your tissues out. Like, yeah. I can't touch tissues, and for some reason, you're already always leaving them out. Yeah. I don't like the way you spend money. You know, that, mm. that can be a big one, too. So I've found that by really honing in on keeping the focus on ourselves, so even when they argue, or even when they like, want to bring up... I feel this way versus you. As opposed to, hey, Garrett, when you do this... It really pisses me off. Or do you know that you do like I? That's not mm-hmm. what they're saying anymore. They're changing the language. It's like, hey, I love Brene Brown's the story I tell myself. So yeah. it's like, hey, Garrett, the story I'm telling myself is that when you leave the house a mess, that you expect me to clean it up. Mm. And it really bothers me because I'm running a full time job and I'm also dealing with health issues and yeah. I just don't have the energy to pick up after you. Yeah, it's like it's a totally different like can and by the way, is there like is there anything that you that you're kind of feeling that you just yeah. want to tell me? Anytime I open up a conversation where it be- can become both ways, like here's what I'm telling myself and here's the experience that I'm having and I'm, what's your experience, mm-hmm. people are able to let you in. But yeah. I have really tried hard not to pick and choose. Like, well, you do this and it really drives me crazy. And then you, and then, but yeah, I did that for you. Like it's never the tit for tat. Mm. We try to get, get rid yeah. of that language. No, I think it's just, it, it's also just like a strategy of better communication and communication is everything. Like, I don't know if I've ever waited more than 24 hours to tell Jeff something I'm feeling, whether it's happy, sad, negative, positive, whatever, because I'm just like, I need to voice how I feel. And I'm a really big, I'm an open book. He's a little bit different um, that he, he'll tend to hold things in, but the longer we've been together, the more I can say, hey that's not your normal response like are you okay you know and come from a place of empathy but it's always a battle to keep that communication like not a battle just it's just um takes consciousness like it takes like a lot of mindfulness around it in general but um I think it sounds it sounds like you're working with people new relationships old relationships some that are suffering some that you know aren't are there any signs that you see where you're like maybe this really relationship needs to end and like but for me I noticed the positives of relationships for instance I have friends that when I was single I was hanging out with them and their significant other mm. and I love that I love that like I could tell I, I could just hang out with them and be the third wheel and I love that I have friends that can hang out with me but that's always a sign like I know that if I can hang out with my friends significant other and not miss either a having someone in general now that I have my fiance like not miss him mm. because of course I miss him but like be cool because they're cool. I, I think that's like a really positive thing to balance a relationship, to have friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but are there any signs that you see that are like red flags for people? Yeah, I think it's when your partner is... So there's a... I was going to say when your partner makes you feel bad about yourself, but, but let's face it. There are situations that we may get in where the person is emotionally or physically or sexually abusing us, right? Mm-hmm. That to me is a surefire sign yeah. that like... But, but emotional abuse is sometimes tricky in that way. Yeah. You know, like, I, like I, I've been in a relationship that was emotionally abusive, and it took me a while to figure out that. Same. Like, what he was saying. Was I was happening. like, oh, my God. Like, I feel like I'm in a Fred Savage, Candace yeah. Cameron movie. Like, yeah. Lifetime special here. Like, yeah. I, you know, educated girl, good job. And then all of a sudden, you're talking to me this way, and I, it, ha- it just hit me. Like, yeah. so 
I think that's been a big proponent where I've worked with a lot of women who have been in emotionally abusive relationships or any abuse for that matter, where we really try to strengthen that and we, we, we circle the red flag. So when I do the inventory, we circle it. So that way when we go back over, hey, I'm dating you know, this guy and that yeah. guy, we can say, hey, are any of these signs up? Yeah. <clears throat> but I, I would also say too that there are times where we're in relationships and our partner makes us feel bad and mm-hmm. sometimes it's accidental. Mm. And they're not manip you know they're not I, manipulating. I heard Dax Shepard say about his wife Kristen that he knew that she was the person that he wanted to be with and, and marry because he when he asked himself, despite their fights or anything else, he said, Is she a kind person? Yeah. And so if you can answer that question honestly, mm-hmm. um, I know when I was in that emotionally abusive relationship, I would say sometimes he's kind. Yeah. Right? Like, but I kind of fear X, Y, Z. Like, is he kind or not? Yeah. Or is she kind or not? Yeah. Like, and, and then you know that you, you've got something to stand with. Because yeah. usually our experiences, be it that we learned from our parents or that we have experienced in ourselves mm-hmm. are causing us to react in a particular way. And so we might be a bit defensive. We may be triggered. I always say that she's not crazy, guys. She's just triggered. Like, mm. if, if a girl is acting, like, crazy, yeah, it's because she's triggered. Something's been set off. Something's yeah. been set off. And chances are you reminded her of something that she's dealt with in the past totally. or she's seen with her family or whatever yeah. the case may be. And so I find that a big root of what I do is looking back at where was the first memory of this or where does mm. this fear come from? Because that can be a really great indication that it actually isn't about your partner. Yeah, it's about That you. it is about you and that we have some work to do to heal that. And then we may find out that they're not the right partner. But, but let's, let's check this off first. Let's, yeah. Why not check the box? Yeah, no, that's so helpful. And I actually had the same... I actually went through that with myself, like a couple things that were, I didn't use a word trigger. I didn't sit Jeff down like, here's my triggers. But <laughs> as different things came up where I'd get like maybe more upset than he was like, why are you so, like, okay, here's what happened in my past. Here's why we need to talk about this. And it's really helpful because then there's just like an empathy there. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier too about the pause, like how you and Jeff communicate differently. My partner and I communicate very differently as well. I used to be the kind of person that as soon as something was bothering Mm -hmm. me or something was good, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. So you know where you stand with me. I started to build in the pause and I actually wrote about it today on social media of building that pause in so that, like you said, you take 24 hour, within 24 hours, you're talking to Jeff about whatever's up for you. Yeah. I've also built in that pause so that I can play through all the emotions that I'm having. Mm. Fear, sadness, joy, worry, whatever it is, so I can look at the rational part of it. By the way, I always call my coach when something, when I get triggered, to be like, okay, so let me bat this around with you before I go home and talk to him about this Mm. because I don't want to come across crazy. Yeah. And I think it's a, a common phrase we use when we're t- when we're referring to the fact that we're having emotions. Yeah. We're like, oh, I'm gonna be crazy, and I don't want to, I don't want to scare this person away because I love yeah. them. But the reality is, is like, let me bat this around with you so mm-hmm. I can figure out what's the fear and what's the reality. Yeah. And I find, ten times out of ten, I walk away from that mm-hmm. conversation with my coach. And I always feel so much more grounded in my feelings. And now I can have a really calm, compassionate conversation where I can go, okay, so I had this happen. Yeah. And when you did this, when we were having sex, it really triggered this for me, Mm. you know, or whatever came up for me. Yeah. 
That's really, I mean, I think it's just a note too that I've talked about on the podcast before. Like coaches need coaches. Like having someone that can mentor you through things is so like important and special. And I'm like, I've been like on the market for a mentor for different things. And Mm -hmm. so I'm still on the market for anyone listening. Um, (laughs) But I, um, I do want to ask you a question. So Jeff's 36 and a lot of his friends are married with kids Mm -hmm. and so throughout our relationship over the past two over two and a half years my friends are in new ish relationships or relationships slightly longer than me but they're not married yet um they're in the city we do tons of double dates and he's truly become a friend so like we now share the same friends it's really magical like i love that my friends know they can text him like it's honestly like the most special thing ever um but we we live alone we don't have kids Mm -hmm. so when we're not with friends like like he may have to run to the house one night and I'm here by myself or I'm here all day alone so I I could work from home you know how that goes like Mm -hmm. you're working for yourself but recently we've had these weekends where we had like it was like three year in a row where it was like a friend was here and then my parents were here and then my mom was here like I had both sets of parents in town. I had his parents. I had my best friend. Like So, like, for the month of August, it was like we didn't have alone time together, nor did I just have alone time for myself. And I'm one of those people where I can – I always say I play alone very well. Like, I need to – I know that social stuff charges me up. Same. But I'm okay without it. Same. So I have to make a point to, like, go get coffee with someone. So, anyway, long, long, long story short, Jeff went to the house to, like, do something for two nights – and I was, or he was out of town, he was in Florida. And two nights in a row, I was alone on the couch. And I was just like, this is the best. After a month <laughs> of entertaining people, this is awesome. And like, sure, I missed him. And like, if he was here, it would have been fine. But in general, I just wanted to be away from people. And I thought to myself, what happens to our relationship when we have kids? Because there will be people around all, all the time. time. And like, you, you hear about you know mom's needing a long time and like I get it I totally understand it but like what advice do you have for people who even are with someone who recharges by being alone or by being with you all the time and you need a long time oh it's such a great question I think that I'm a so I am very much cut from the same cloth as you like if if I told you that I loved uh some aspects of being introverted most people would say to me are you crazy because you are always like buzzing around people yeah but the reality is I really get fueled by my time alone. Yeah. So what I always recommend to people is, one, carve out a night where it's a date night. I got this from a girlfriend of mine out in L.A. Her and her husband make a point to not only take their each of their children, they have five children, out on a date, which can be a lot yeah. for those people that are like, I have one and I can barely sleep. Yeah. Um, but they also make an effort to go on a date by themselves. And then one thing that as her children have gotten older, I think she's she's felt more inclined to do is mm-hmm. to say... I'm going to take this time to be by myself and he's been able to watch the children or, you know, it really does take a village. So whether you have a friend or family or babysitter, like whatever the case may be to really carve out that time. I I know a woman that she has a babysitter come over and she will literally just go take a nap. Like they're watching the kids. Yeah. The babysitter is watching the children and she will be upstairs napping. Yeah. And it's like, not all of us have the financial means to do so, Mm -hmm. but I'm a big, big believer that if you do not take care of yourself, you will not be able to take care of anybody else. I used mm. to work with a chief people officer who, God love her, she was like this, 
this powerhouse. She was this dynamic little little thing, and she had two children. They were they were you know middle young ish ish age, and her calendar was jam packed all the time of things to do. And as a working mom, it can be really difficult to carve out that time. And yeah. one of the things I suggested to her was I said, "What if you put holds on your calendar for the things that you want to do?" Mm. And so I think over time, I think now almost five years later, she's still doing it. That's awesome. Um, but to see the balance and the shift in her, I think it's been a really great perspective. And then, yeah. you know, I, I do. I think I'm a big proponent of even just talking to your partner and saying, I'm having a day. Yeah, I need, yeah. Is there any way that at five o'clock when you come home, I don't want to bombard you by like, hi, how are you? It's so good to see you. Here are the kids. Yeah. I'm out. But can I make it to a six o'clock yoga class and not come home until the kids are in bed after? Yeah. I can't tonight, but how about tomorrow? You know, Mm. like just talking to each other. Yeah, I love that. And like just being able to know what's, just not be afraid to ask for it. And not be afraid to say, I can't handle life right now. Yeah. (laughs) I think, I think as moms, and maybe it's a female thing, we have a really hard time at admitting that we need help. I know. Because we've been yeah. shown through our parents that they that we should be able to do it all. Yeah. But the reality is is that it's okay to ask for help because there are likely other mothers and or other fathers out there who have help. Who who need help. Yeah. Who are caving and just saying, Oh my gosh, like I'm so oh, overworked and tired and it's a lot. Yeah. And then the kids or the partner or whoever doesn't get like the best version. Well, yeah, and we repeat the patterns that we see. Children's are, children are so impressionable. Mm-hmm. So if we're irritable and overtired with them, what do you think they're going to grow up to be? Yeah. So I always just find that as much as it is hard to take that time and carve out mm-hmm. for yourself, do it in any way, shape, or form. And it doesn't have to be meditation. Yeah. Getting quiet for you could mean anything. That's true. I love that. Um, man, I have just had an idea in my head for another podcast with you. But um, we're running out of time, so I have three quick questions. They might not be that quick. But the first one is, why do you think people love love? Oh, it just feels good. Cause, yeah. You know, like love just feels good. I get more yeah. likes on my Instagram when I post about my boyfriend. Yeah, we were we talking, talking about, about this. that. Yeah. Um, I think people like seeing other people happy. I was going to say, I think it's the happiness factor. Because it they're is. like, whoa, like... When they're together, they both look like a happiness level beyond when they're by themselves. Yeah, and people, I think people ultimately want other people to be happy and they also want it for themselves. Yeah. And so I think it's like the one language that we have where we Mm -hmm. can like a picture or tell, send somebody a a DM and say, oh my gosh, this is a great picture of you too. Like, it makes us happy to see it. Yeah, I love that and I agree. Um, Who has inspired you, whether it was to take the leap into, you know, starting your business or this what what your business is like this happiness strategist role um any books that have inspired you could be a book person so I would say I am a book person book person I have a hard time getting through books meaning I lose interest really quickly so um, I love podcasts for that reason um I'm a sponge so I learn from everyone so I've learned from people in commercial real estate who I've watched the way they network and try to absorb and sit down and spend time with them. Shout out to Derek Goodwin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have sat down with like my mentor. She was my uh, woman that had been in my life for a really long time. She's since passed, but she was my go-to business person, also my coach. Like, I actually try to take, I believe that every connection that we have is meant to 
help us learn yeah. and help us to then share that knowledge with mm-hmm. someone else. Yeah. So I would take the lessons that Derek would give me about networking and then I would pass it along to someone else. I and I think that's like so crucial. And, um, and there are also, I mean, I just try to follow as many podcasts and I share a lot with my friends. So I'll yeah. be like a girlfriend of mine just told me, um, about Amanda Francis who really focuses in on on manifesting money and mm. then you know Sarah introduced us like I, I, yeah. I just try to kind of take away those connections from there um I love that and then really one quick thing because I know you're gonna ask me a third question yeah. but um the summit of love is an event that I created that was gonna be like, yeah, yeah, was like yeah. what's coming up for you yeah, yeah, yeah let's talk about good it good plug um, so when we were talking about self-love and acceptance and then loving others and really finding that balance, I yeah. created an event that I'm also speaking at. Um, it is Saturday, November 9th. It's a long holiday weekend, and it's in Kittery, Maine. So for my Boston people, that's literally like 70 minutes north. It's mm-hmm. not even that far. Um, and it will there will be four, four to five speakers. We're going to be really focusing in on self-love, acceptance, balance, balancing our lives, and what I'm hoping is that by bringing a community of like-minded women together, what we'll find is that the thoughts and feelings and experiences that we're having are very similar, mm. and so that we'll feel less alone. And yeah. I think people are craving that interaction. They're craving yeah. that time together. But what we've decided as a team, the speakers and I, is that we will also have time for people who are really want to get quiet. There'll be a space to do that. And oh, you're not cool. going to be locked away in a room. There'll be space with... Reiki and meditation and things like that in between the sessions. Nice. So it'll go session break, session break, and during the breaks, you'll have an opportunity to also talk to other women who are in this kind of health and wellness space cool. that you might get fueled from. I love that. I'm excited. And Maine is a beautiful place to just get out of the city. Oh, and it's, you should see this view. Oh. It's like unbelievable. Ah. 180 degrees. It's the view at Pepperell Cove for anyone who wants to check it out. Um, and I would say the other things that I have coming up is I'm going to start a podcast, thanks to Woo-hoo. you, and uh, helping me just get started here. Yeah. And then I'm also um, available for coaching. I have a couple more spots left. I'd say probably four more spots left okay. um, for coaching. And then I also have my Fearless workshop. So you can check out my website for all well, those dates. And it's theheartfiles.com. So with an awesome. S, heartfiles.com. Awesome. And your Instagram handle for people to find yeah. you? Yeah. It's kg.katiegrimes. So kg.katiegrimes. A lot of my friends call me KG. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'll put the um, I'll put all of that in the show notes so people can find you. And I do – I'll just start out there so we can manifest it. I do want to have you back on um, – to talk about marriage specifically because yeah. I could talk about dating all day. I had the most fun with dating. Dating was like a hobby for me. Um, <laughs> too, and so we like obviously talked about that a lot today, but as someone I'm getting married next summer. So I want to talk about marriage and I'm like coming from a place of, I want to talk about what I'm looking forward to because I feel like I have a great relationship, but I also have a lot of friends who are like at a point where they're like, is it, is marriage like, do I need to get married can I just have a partnership so I, I want to dive into that oh my with gosh. you I have so much good stuff we should yeah. schedule it I'm just throwing it out here now so you guys know that like we we're gonna do this we're gonna do it again yeah <laughs> so thank you guys for listening um check out the show notes and as always dare to move